Well, good morning. It's good to see you. I want to thank each of you for coming. Before I go, before I get into, I'm not going to call it what I'm talking about this morning, a sermon. Before I get into what I've got to say, I want to just say publicly, I thank God for our worship team. It's amazing. There are mornings I walk into this auditorium, I got, man, my mind is swirling. I'm thinking of this and I'm thinking of that. And and I start listening to them and singing along with them. And the next thing you know, boy, I've just been carried into the presence of God and he's the only thing on my mind. And that was the case this morning. I, I just appreciate them. Let me talk to you just for a few minutes because I know that right now we are going through some strange times in our country in our world. Uh, I've I've seen some things in the the past week or two that I never thought I would see. Uh, The NBA suspended the remainder of its season. Who would have ever thought that would happen, huh? My favorite sport is college basketball, and the NCAA tournament was canceled. You know, no March Madness. Well, at least no March Madness brought on by basketball. There happens to be a lot of March Madness right now. Especially on the toilet paper aisle down at Walmart, huh? Spring training, baseball, Major League Baseball, suspended, season, postponed. Don't know when it's going to start. Somebody told me the Masters Golf Tournament, has it been postponed or canceled altogether? What is it? postponed well you know at the best they're going to play without Isaiah's and dogwoods you know that's going to be weird state of North Carolina as of yesterday schools closed all their schools closed for two weeks uh, issued the the governor of North Carolina asked this week that churches not assemble in groups of 250 or more and yesterday I think they put a ban on assembling in a group of more than 100, which means if we were in the state of North Carolina this morning, we breaking the law, huh? <laughs> Who would ever thought we'd come to a place in our country where the average American's wealth depends on how many rolls of toilet paper you've been able to stockpile, huh? <laughs> Never saw this coming. Our president has declared a state of emergency. Our health, our way of life, our economy, uh, all threatened by the coronavirus. I think it would be safe to say this. Uh, We find ourselves in a crisis. You think that's an exaggeration on my part or you think that's being realistic? We're We're in a crisis. The question that's been on my mind all week, Brian, is this. How are God's people supposed to respond to a crisis? So that's what I want to do this morning is just answer that question. How do we, as God's people, (laughs) how are we supposed to respond to a crisis? Now, I found the answer to that question in the Bible uh, in, an old, in a story from the Old Testament book of Daniel, chapter number two, and I'm going to tell you the story. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so listen to me now. That's just some of our technology uh, going berserk. Uh, 
<laughs> we're, we're faced with a lot more challenging issues than that, but let me tell you a story found in the Bible, and in that story, we're going to find exactly how God's people should respond to a crisis. The story is set in ancient Babylon. Uh, the king of Babylon was a guy named Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream one night that really freaked him out. He was haunted by it. He was obsessed with finding out what the dream meant. So he called in a major portion of his staff, I guess the guys he felt like who were the brightest and most capable. And he said, guys, I've had a dream that has really shaken me up, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to share the interpretation of the dream with me. But I'm going to ask you to do more than that. I'm going to ask you to start by telling me what did I dream. Tell me what I dreamed and then tell me the interpretation if you can do this. I'm going to promote you and I'm going to reward you handsomely. So one of the guys spoke up and said, King, we'll, we'll be all over that. We can do that. But the first thing you need to do is tell us what the dream was. The king said, maybe I wasn't clear, so I'm going to be clear. I'm not telling you what the dream was, because if I do, any of you jacklegs can offer some kind of crazy interpretation, and, and I would know, wouldn't even know, you know any better than to accept your interpretation. So the man that can tell me the dream, I'm going to believe the interpretation that he shares with me. He said, so if you can do this, promotion, reward. If you cannot, I'm going to have every one of you pulled apart, limb by limb by limb, all of you. And then I'm going to have some guys go right down to your houses and turn all of them into rubble. Are you getting my drift? Well, you know what they said? They started, they started quarreling with the king. They started objecting. You're just being, this is terribly unfair. No king would have ever asked anybody to do such a thing. Well, this is they're, boy, they're arguing. It's getting heated. And the king's growing more and more frustrated. He turns to a guy named Arioch, who was the captain of his guard. He said, here's the deal. Enough conversation. Kill them all. Kill every one of them. He said, and as a matter of fact, you go find the remainder of my staff. You kill all them too. I'll just start from scratch and hire a whole new staff. Kill them all. So Ariot goes down to the home of a young man named Daniel. And Daniel and his, and his three buddies, you probably heard of them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You heard of those guys? They're hanging out. There's a knock on the door. Daniel goes, door opens up. There stands Ariot. He says, man, what's up? Ariok said, you guys got a minute? I mean, I hate to kind of intrude on what you got going on this afternoon. You got a minute down? Yeah, we got a minute. He said, well, I need to kill all four of y'all. Huh? <laughs> you know what you call that? That's a crisis. I mean, one minute, you know, you're just goofing off. You're hanging out. You're heating the nachos. I mean, you're just, it's, it's, it's normal. The next minute, imminent danger. Great threat. So what did Daniel do? This is amazing. The Bible said that Daniel responded to the situation with wisdom. Matter of fact, it said wisdom and discretion, which means based on his wisdom, he began to make some really good decisions. 
He looked at Ariok and go, why would you, why would you want to kill us? Well, I don't want to kill you. But the king's ordered that key. I work for the king. I, I, I got no choice. I got to kill you guys. He said, what's going on with the king? He was, Daniel was southern, kind of like me. What's going on with the king? You know, he's got kind of that accent. He told him, he said, here's what's going on with the king. He's had this dream. Nobody can tell him what the dream is. And therefore, he's not accepting any interpretation. Daniel went to meet with the king. He said, I want to ask you a favor. Give me a shot. Let me take a crack at it. But to do that, I'm going to need some time. The king apparently gave him overnight. You got till morning to do something. So Daniel goes back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, Whoo, we're in a crisis. So men, here's what we're going to do. Get on your knees with me. And we're going to pray. I'm not talking about some watered down eloquent, passive, now I lay me down to sleep kind of thing, boys, we're going to pray. They must have prayed most of the night together. And the Bible said that sometime over in the night, maybe in the wee hours of the morning, God revealed, God did, God revealed the dream to Daniel. He saw it just as clearly as Nebuchadnezzar had seen it. And then God laid the entire ter- interpretation of the dream out to him. It was crystal clear. So Daniel begins to praise God. I'm sure his buddies, they're all praising God. They're ecstatic over this. The next morning, Daniel says to Arioch, I need a meeting with the king. I got it. Arioch went to the king and said, one of the Hebrew boys says he can tell you what you dreamed. And he can give you the interpretation. So Daniel, of course, is escorted before Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar goes, can you, can you really do this? I love Daniel's answer. You know what he said? No, I can't do this. Nor can any other man. While your entire staff, we, we could put all of our wisdom together, all of our knowledge, all of our education, and, and, and pooling all of this together. We couldn't begin to do this. And then he said... But there's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven, and this was nothing for him. And he showed me the dream, and he said, this was your dream. Can you imagine Nebuchadnezzar? Now, he's pagan, doesn't know God, and he's here, he's going, yeah, man. And here's the interpretation of your dream. So he shares it with, so you know what Nebuchadnezzar did? The Bible said he fell at Daniel's feet and began to worship, oh, Daniel. You know what? And Daniel's like, whoa, 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 man. You've misinterpreted this. If you want to worship somebody, you need to be worshiping my God. And so Nebuchadnezzar decreed that the real God has got to be Daniel's God. And he issued a proclamation that he wanted everybody in his kingdom, all of these ungodly people, to worship Daniel's God, the real God. And then he turned right around and he gave Daniel incredible promotion and he lavished him with extravagant gifts. And Daniel must have spoken up and said, hey, you know, I didn't do this by myself. I got three buddies back here. So he promoted and blessed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now in this story, I think I see how God's people respond to a crisis. And this is what I want 
us to do. Number one, act wisely. You ask, Ronnie, what would that look like? I'll tell you what it doesn't look like. It doesn't look hysterical. It doesn't look panicked. It doesn't look fearful. It doesn't look self-absorbed. It doesn't look silly. You've probably watched some clips on Facebook or YouTube or TV of people duking it out over toilet paper. Well, you know, I, we had a meeting Thursday night and, and with the leaders, and, and it was brought to my attention that people are hoarding toilet paper. And I said, I, I said why? Is, is, is diarrhea a symptom of the coronavirus? I, I, I'm serious. I was being sincere. Is that a, and they're like, no. I'm thinking, okay. Why? So I Googled it. And you know you can trust everything on the internet, right? You know, you know that? I Googled why, what's the What is going on with the toilet paper mania? Where has that come from? And this is what I discovered. Some lady in the UK thought that it would be a good step of preparation for the virus to buy more than a normal amount of toilet paper. So somebody else saw what she was doing and said, what are you doing with all that? Coronavirus coming. She said, well, I better give me some of that. This is honest God truth. We human beings, we've got this monkey see, monkey do mentality. And some of you right now are sitting there thinking, I'm sitting on a mountain of toilet paper at my house. We can't even get the car in the garage. Now you know why you did it. You did it because some lady in the UK did it, not knowing why she was doing it, and now you're doing it. Man, that's not what wisdom looks like. You say, Ronnie, what do you think it would look like? This is what I'm thinking. I went, I went to the CDC, Center for Disease Control's website, and I read some things. Over and over, this is what they said. They said this over and over. There's a lot about this virus we don't know. There's a lot we're yet to learn. We're working on it. We're working on it. But there's a lot we don't know. But here's one thing I know. They know more than I do. I guarantee you, they know more than I do. Now, if you go to the website, it has a, it has a, a place where you can go, how to protect yourself. And another, you can click how to protect your family. And the third was how to protect your community. You know what I think wisdom is? Wisdom is to read that and do what they recommend. Just do that. You say, don't you, think there, don't you think there's some overreaction? I think in hindsight, we'll look back and probably all agree that this was a, a major overreaction. However, I'm going to say this. I'd rather err on the side of caution. And if these professionals, these trained individuals, if this is what they're recommending that we do, then that's exactly what... I'm going to do. Uh, if you go read, you'll see that they say, keep about six feet of space between you and other people. You, you know, I'm looking around you. Some of you, you broke that law, man. <laughs> you, you violated that rule here. Uh, Bev, you seem to be safe. I'm saying, you, you know, you're good. You're good here. And he said, don't 
attend large gatherings of, of more than 250 people. Of course, the state of North Carolina has now said 100 people. You say, so Ronnie, we got a question. What are we going to do about church? Do you think we'll eventually suspend our Sunday morning services? I'm going to say this. If we deem it to be wise, that's exactly what we'll do. And I guess, I guess I'm going to say this. I don't know if it's right to say this, but I guess our eyes are really fastened to our school district. We're watching what they do. And if classes are suspended, I, I don't think we have any option but to spend our church services temporarily. So it could happen. And so if it does, you'll be the first to know. And, and if we have to suspend Sunday morning services, I promise you this, we're going to provide something for you online. There'll be words of encouragement, teaching, preaching, maybe some worship. Some, Michelle was saying this morning, she's got some ideas for the kids. And so if we have to do that, it'll be temporary, and then we will let you know what we're doing. Is everybody good with that? We're going to act wiser. The second thing that they did is they prayed sincerely. You know what Daniel recognized? This is way bigger than me. And this is way bigger than me and my three buddies. This is way bigger than the entire staff. But this is not too big for God. So guys, let's talk to him. Let's get him involved. You know what they discovered? God already had a solution. He already, he knew the dream, Nebuchadnezzar. He knew it. He knew the interpret. He already knew everything they would need to apply to the situation to survive. I want you to know something. Is it bigger than the medical community? Yep. Is it bigger than God? Nope. He knew this was coming. He knew it. And, and God already knows the formula that needs to go into a vaccine or a drug that can prevent this, stop this, slow this down. He already does. So here's what I think we ought to do. Why don't we involve him? Now, the world's not going to involve him. You understand that? They're not going to involve him. But we, his people, we're going to involve him. We're going to pray about this. We're going to pray about it sincerely. I know one morning this week, I was, you know, I, I, I was in my prayer place, and I'm getting ready to pray. And I, just for a split second, I just said, God, what do, what do you want to talk about this morning? He said, let's talk about the coronavirus. Talk to me about it. And, and there, was a, there was a question, Tim, that shot into my mind. What good do I think I can do? One man out here in West Union, in his prayer place, talking to God about it. And then another sentence came into my mind. Well, you really can't do anything, but you're talking to the one who can so I began to pray this. God, I'm telling you, what, there are people desperately trying to find solutions. Give them wisdom and insight quickly, if you don't mind. Huh? I mean, if it, you know, just this is what I want. And, and I began to pray for our, you know, and, and, and in the meantime, protect our elderly. Huh? Protect our healthcare workers. I just started going down a list. My, uh, the next thing I knew, I, uh, yeah. This is what I'm saying, man. Pray, pray that our community leaders, our church leaders, will have wisdom to know how we are to react 
in this particular situation. I'm praying for our world. I'm praying for our country. I'm praying for the state of South Carolina. I got to be honest with you. I'm praying harder for Oconee County. You say, why? Because I feel a greater sense of responsibility for Oconee County. And so this is what we are going to do. We're going to pray about this sincerely. There's a third thing I want us to do, and it just really came to me at the last minute. You know, when, when, when Daniel realized God is take, he's taking this situation hand, we're good. He began to praise the Lord. He said, praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. Now, look what he said. Oh, please, verse, come on that screen. Oh, please, verse, come on, that screen. <laughs> Look at this. Daniel was praising God, and here's why. He said, he controls the course of world events. Do you see that? We're not under the control of a virus. It has not taken the control of our world out of the hands of God. Our God controls the world's events. So I'm going to add something. Let's act wisely. Let's pray sincerely. And let's rest easy. God's got this. You with me? Let's rest easy. He's got this. Two things I want you to understand before I let you go. One, every crisis is an opportunity. For God to shine. You know who the hero of this story was that I told you? God. God was the hero. Against the dark backdrop of a crisis, God really intends to shine brightly. My brother and I were talking yesterday. We agreed there's something we're praying for. We're praying that God would use this crisis in a very positive way. That perhaps the masses of people across this globe who don't have any time or respect for God, don't see any need of God in their life, would begin to recognize their helplessness, their dependency upon and need of God. And perhaps in the end, God would be the hero of this Story. You understand that this crisis is an opportunity for God to shine. There's a second thing I want you to understand before you leave, and that is this is our opportunity to shine. This is something I believe that God wants to accomplish in the coming days. He wants the world to be able to look at us and see that we are different, that we're not afraid. We're at peace. We're not depressed. We still have joy. That we're not hunkering down and saying, everybody just kind of fend for yourself. That we're going to unselfishly get involved and try to be a part of the solution. That's what Daniel did. You know what Daniel's co, other than his four buddies, you know what the rest of the staff were doing? They were making the situation worse by griping, complaining, and finger pointing. King, this is unfair. Man, they were, they were making it worse. You know what Daniel decided? Rather than making the situation worse, perhaps, God, there's a way for me to be a part of the solution. Show me. 
Keep your eyes open for opportunities to shine brightly in somebody else's life. This is our opportunity. This is our chance. So you with me? We're going to act wisely, pray sincerely. We're going to rest easy. We're praying. I'll tell you what, when Daniel invited God in a situation, he was like, God, shine bright. Show these people. As you're showing me and my buddies, show these people what you got. We're going to shine brightly. You look for ways to make somebody else's life better in the midst of this crisis. Let's pray together. You you talk to God. You ask Him to give you wisdom. To enable you to act wisely. his instruction and ultimately his deliverance pray that he will make opportunities that come your way obvious enable you to be a bright light in dark times God you hear a prayer it's what we all want in the name of Jesus amen stand up just a minute I'll encourage you one more time here's what you're going to do now you're going to keep doing this you're going to act wisely you're going to pray sincerely here's what I want you to bear in your mind God is in control of the affairs of this world. So when you leave, would you please rest easy? You're dismissed.